And in 2017, for the first six months, didn't really make much money, tested a lot of products, wasted a lot of money. And my first product, we were able to do $25,000 in revenue just around about. And then in 2018 to 2019, during quarter four, the best time of the year to make money, we had a high ticket tech store that we did seven figures with, which is insane. And then from 2019 to 2020, we've done multiple seven figures. Hi, this is Ariel Ben-Solomon with the Ecom Hunt channel. It's a pleasure for us to have with us the Ecom King for our first guru interview. He's really been up and coming the last, I would say, six months. He's just standing out above the rest. And that's why we really wanted to have him here. He's got a lot of new techniques and added value that a lot of people aren't talking about. And he's sharing a lot of stuff that people don't share publicly. You know, people want to always have it on their paid courses. Kamil, let's maybe introduce yourself. Say a few words for our audience that maybe a lot of people that are, you know, subscribers to Ecom Hunt and search for products on Ecom Hunt aren't familiar with you. Yeah, dude. So it's a pleasure to have me on the channel today, the Ecom Hunt channel and the platform. My name is Kamil Sattar. I'm known as the Ecom King. I'm based in the UK. And the reason why I call myself the e-com king is not because I think I'm the best at e-commerce, but I feel like I give out the best content for dropshipping e-commerce. And that's why I call myself the e-com king. And as you said, I give out the most latest, up-to-date news strategies that others won't give you, even in their paid courses. So that's who I am. I love e-com hunt. I've used you guys since my journey in dropshipping. And yeah, dude, I'm really excited for this interview. Okay, let's start. I've heard this on your channel, but if you could just tell a little bit more about how you started, because it's kind of interesting. Like you started, like a lot of people out there watching this, they started from nothing and you built yourself up to what you are now. Yeah. So dude, I would come from a very humble beginning. Don't come from a rich family group with a very realistic lifestyle, you know, and being around some certain things where it really shapes you to be who you are. And in 2015, I was working a job at JD Sports, which is like Foot Locket in the US. It's a big sneaker outlet. And basically, I had a real passion for high-end designer shoes and sneakers and just fashion in general. And I got into the buying and reselling game. Did very well with that. Sold to local football players, celebrity stars, in local films and stuff like that, TV shows. And then what I did in 2017 is I came across dropshipping and went onto Google, searched best ways to make money online. That was the one that kept getting standard out on these articles that I was reading and videos that I was watching. And then I decided to go for it with all the money that I made from my buying and reselling business. And in 2017, for the first six months, didn't really make much money, tested a lot of products, wasted a lot of money. And my first product, we were able to do $25,000 in revenue just around about. And then in 2018 to 2019, during quarter four, the best time of the year to make money, we had a high ticket tech store that we did seven figures with, which is insane. And then from 2019 to 2020, we've done multiple seven figures. And it's just, yeah, very humbling. And I appreciate everything that's happened in my life because not many people get to experience it. So I'm here now to try and help others get to this position without having them to pay for paid courses and just give it all out for free, you know? Yeah, it's amazing. And I've seen you, how your channel like explode in terms of viewers, YouTube. Very quickly, it's going up. I saw you know, videos in some other places. I've seen you. That's really great. In terms of to let people know, because it's interesting that you came from the bottom, like a lot of dropshippers and mm. a lot of people are always asking, you know, because you had that experience from going from nothing to mm. very successful. If you had to do it over again, what would you change? Is there anything you change? 
if I was to do this all over again, I would just completely go savage and just don't care what anybody says to me. Like, I've come into a place in my life even now where I'm just fed up with people that just ain't in the same mind game as me. Like, if you're not willing to grow and do some crazy things, I don't want to be near you. Like, just stay away from me. If you're about negativity, nothing positive, if you're not about helping others up, but like I always say to people, if you're looking down on somebody, you should only look down to them only if you're going to be helping them back up. So I would say if I was to start all over again, I would surround myself around people, even if you're a beginner, around beginners, but at least be around beginners that are positive. They're not looking like negative. They're not like, oh, I've lost a couple of hundred dollars. I'm quitting. Dropshipping's a scam. Dropshipping doesn't work. You know what I mean? You want to be around people like, yeah, you've lost a couple of hundred dollars, but it was your fault because you did X, Y, and Z. Don't be around those other people that just cry all the time. They bitch all the time. Just get on with it, you know, and just positivity and uplift and just go, man. Yeah, that's interesting what you said. You said your first six months that you're going, you didn't make any money. No and money. And my parents were like, Camille, what are you doing? You shouldn't be doing it. You're losing money. You should be putting that money into like a savings account, an ISA account. And I'm like, no, I'm young. I can take a risk. I've got a roof over my head. Thank God, touch wood. My mom and dad provided for me. So why not take the risk? But like I said, a lot of people would have said, no, quit, don't. Like, and they did. They said, quit, don't do it. Go back to working your job. Go back to buying and reselling. Why are you doing this? And it's like, no, I want to do it. Now, I've seen on your channel, you're talking sometimes about starting budgets. People are always asking, what do I need to start? What do I need to start? It seems like every video I see you do, people ask, you know, when you do your question and answer ones, and you're like there for an hour answering questions to people. And a lot of times, you're always asking this question about how much you need to start, how much you need to start. You keep saying the same thing, and then you keep asking again. So I think we should ask it here, maybe just to get Yeah, out. dude, it's $1,000. Like, bare minimum, you need $1,000. Like, if you haven't got that, I'm sorry, you need to go back to either doing a side hustle or go into a job and or save up a bit of money. But just wait, because what's the point of getting started with excitement with only a couple hundred dollars, but then that couple hundred dollars goes really quick and you're yeah. back to square one. Your mindset's going to deplete. You're going to be demotivated. If you start with a higher budget, it's going to put you on a better track. You know, like look at the 100 meter sprint. Look at Usain Bolt. The start is the key to the success of that 100 meters. So if yeah. you get off to the best start with a good budget, then at least you're setting yourself up for a good position of success. So if you haven't got a thousand dollars, guys, just go back to doing a side hustle, get a job and save up. That is it. Yeah, it could even be more. I mean, it may take you a while. Like you said, it took you six months to get a winning product. You know? so Dude, six months. And like, like I said, there's only 25 grand in revenue. It's not even profit. Like the profit was very small. It was like 11%. I might be wrong, but it was not much money. I can remember after I did all the Excel sheets, went into zero and I looked, it wasn't a lot of money, dude. So now let's, let's get in a little bit to what some people are going to be wanting. Look, some of the new tricks and tips. I've noticed some of them, maybe you could say some of the other ones. But for example, I noticed something that you say that nobody else was talking about is that during the COVID period and then since then, in terms of shipping countries, you've taken off Canada and Mexico. Are there any other things you're doing? Because I haven't seen anyone else talk about that, but you've talked about it. Maybe say a couple of things about that. Yeah. So what I'd say is the reason why I'm excluding Mexico and Canada, and I'm also I'm excluding Brazil as well at the moment, is because Mexico and Brazil at the moment are very high risk for fraud countries. So a lot of your orders are going to be high fraud risk, and then there's going to be chargebacks, refunds. It's not worth it. Canada, it's a bit of a hit and miss. It just depends on your supplier. And it also depends on the shipping method that you're using to get into the country. But with the whole situation that we're going on in the moment with the pandemic, you can get your stuff into the country, but it'll get put back into the country it came from. So it'll just get put back over to where it comes from, and it's just a waste of time. And then you're going to get refunds, complaints. So that's the reason why I'm not currently selling in those countries. It's just not worth the risk. Other things I'm doing during the pandemic, 
is I'm making sure that I'm asking suppliers certain questions before working with them, like what's the stock level they've currently got? What shipping methods are you using? And are you able to give me the last five or 10 tracking numbers for those shipping options that you're using? Also, are you able to make me a custom shipping option that will enable me to get into certain countries that are a bit tricky at the moment? What can you do for me as a supplier? And it's important when you reach out to these suppliers, you let them know that you're not here to play games and you're here to take it serious and you're here to make a lot of money. Because as long as you tell them you're going to make a lot of money, they'll do anything for you. If you say to the supplier, look, I could potentially make you $10,000 within the next two months, they're going to be like, damn, I'll do whatever you need me to do to get you to that. Because if you're making them lots of money, they don't care. They'll do anything. They'll go the extra mile for you, you know? Another thing you've been talking about is kind of related to that is speeding up the shipping. Now, there's a couple ways to do it. You've mentioned some different ways. One is using a service like Udropy or CJ Shipping, all these services. And then you have maybe AliExpress suppliers that have warehouses in the US or the UK. What do you think about those services? Udropy, these ones? Yeah, I'm going to be honest, dude. And I've always said this in my live streams and some videos as well. It doesn't matter what service you use. If you're doing one product drop shipping, meaning you're ordering one product at a time at the supplier and sending it out, the shipping times are never going to be amazing. You're always going to have inconsistent, poor shipping times. You can't get out of that. It's plain and simple. You're just not going to have great shipping times. There are other alternatives to AliExpress that are better in different ways. So Udropy are a European-based company. They're from Italy, I believe, Milan. And the reason why I like Udropy, the shipping times are sometimes the same as AliExpress. But just because the communication is better, I prefer them. At least I know that when I'm contacting them, they speak native English. I'm not going to have any problems. They're reliable. They're honest. But in terms of faster shipping times, CJ Dropshipping USPS is really good at the moment. It's the one that I've been using for majority of my stores when I'm testing products. And the shipping times are looking between 7 and 18 days, which is actually really good if you're doing one product dropshipping, ordering it one per time. Now, how to get around the long shipping time in the long run is to work with agents. Now, I use a guy called Honest Fulfillment, P with a fill. So it's actually his name, Honest Fulfillment. You might know the guy. He's amazing. He's from the UK. He's always in China all the time. And he's a serious dropshipping agent and fulfillment center. He does everything. And as soon as you're getting 30 to 50 orders a week, dude, you should be speaking to Honest Fulfillment and he will get it done for you. Buying in bulk, making sure the product quality is good, making sure the shipping times are good. That guy is a legend, dude. He saves the dropshipping industry for the stores we run with our students and myself. Okay, that's interesting. Another thing, I just kind of listed a few things that you have that I thought were new, kind of unique that nobody's talking about. Even paid courses, people are talking about this stuff. One of the things that you mentioned, which I thought was interesting, was managing the different pixels on the stores. You were talking about an app, how you can manage the pixels. Trackify is the app. Trackify is an amazing app because you can back up the pixels and it gives you more options with your pixels. You can do a lot more with them. So as we all know with pixels, there's a lot of risks being made and you can lose data. Sometimes it doesn't show the right amount of data. Sharing the pixel, the security for the pixel, maintaining the health of the pixel. Trackify does pretty much all of that for you. It's literally self-explanatory. Trackify is, it just tracks everything as good as it can. And Trackify is a very in-depth app with a lot of great tools inbuilt with it. But just think about your pixel being on steroids, basically. It's just amazing for that reason, you know? And it isn't cheap. It's an expensive app for a beginner to use. But as soon as you're getting consistent sales, there's no reason why you shouldn't be using it, you know? When would you tell people to say, for example, use a different pixel? I think you said if it's a different store or different... So you should be using a different pixel if, number one, your product is not related to the product you was testing prior. Let's say we were testing a beauty product on a pixel. 
And then the next product we're testing is a pet product. You should be using a new pixel because it's completely different. But if you're testing another beauty product, just use the same pixel because then that way you're going to be gathering lots more data. And that's why I normally say to people, if you're on a lower budget, stick with a niche store because the more products you test in the niche store, let's say you get six products that fill in the niche store. Let's say you get six products that fill in the, in the beauty niche. At least after those six products, your pixel is going to be nicely seasoned and you can start running lookalikes to test products. That way you have your chance of success. So that's what I definitely say about that's that. Great, that's great. Another thing that you mentioned is, which I thought was interesting, is that you had a video where you were doing a one product store, one product branding, I think it was the sneakers. Yeah, HYD sneaker, yeah. Yeah, and you were talking there about, you mentioned a lot of stuff. One of the things that stood out there was that you were just focusing on the mobile view. Basically, really focused on the mobile view. Yeah, dude, after spending a lot of money on Facebook ads, I've come to the conclusion that mobile placement, device mobile placement is just the one. I really don't do desktop anymore, really. I really just ignore it and just stick to the mobile because you waste the money, in my opinion, if you're doing desktop. They just don't convert as well. It depends on your geographic if you're doing older people, but if you're doing people under the age of 50, I tend to find they're all on mobile and, and there's no need to do desktop. And mobile is more fluid. And I feel with mobile, it's easier for people to check out. And that's just been my experience with it. So I always say to people, focus on mobile, and that should be your main priority. What are your favorite themes for mobile? It really just depends on the niche. Every niche has a better theme. Like Depending on the niche you use, comes with a better theme. But the theme that I've been using pretty much for everything to test on is the Debutify theme, the Guru plan, because that has all the add-ons that I use. So like frequently asked questions, it has built in, it has the product drop-down menus, it has the upsells, it has everything built into it. And because if you've got everything built into one theme, it means no third-party apps. The more third-party apps you have on the actual theme itself, the slower it'll be, the more HTML that's on it, the more code, it slows it down completely. So that's why I prefer having a theme with everything built in, fluid, customer support. Again, the customer support with Debutify is amazing. So if I ever have any issues that I can't fix, They'll fix it within a couple of minutes. In terms of target audiences, that's another interesting thing. Because everyone's talking about different target audiences. And then you kind of come out and say something a little bit different, but similar to some people. And you're talking about between five, even a hundred million, one interest per ad set, I think you were saying. Mm -hmm. What do you like to do for targeting? Yeah. So if I'm doing a product price between $34.99 and $14.99, I like to do a CBO campaign, campaign budget optimization. Now, I do recommend people test CBO and ABO because depending on your ad account, it reacts differently. And so I'd recommend if you're doing a $50 CBO, obviously work out an ABO. So you divide, if you're doing five ad sets for a CBO, you would do $10 per ad set in an ABO for those that might not understand how the budget works. And then what you want to do is you want to make sure that you're doing an interest with a potential reach with the $34.99 and $40.99, 5 million to 100 million. Very important that it's between that size because if the size is too small, then the problem that you're going to have is when you want to scale that ad set, it's not going to scale because the reach is just so small. Now, if your potential reach with the interest that you're using is under 5 million, go to the detail target expansion and turn it on. It will make it go between 50 and 100 million more than it was before and that will fix the problem. Now, other things I do is I do e-packet countries minus Mexico, Brazil, and Canada. I also do age 21 to 65, men and women. I do mobile devices only, and I do automatic placements, which is very important. Let Facebook work out what placements are working the best. Now, that is personally what I do in the ad set level, and I do one interest per ad set, and I exclude dropshipping, AliExpress, and Amazon. And apart from that, that's pretty much how it looks. Now, if your products are priced between $34.99 
and $99.99, then I do the same thing again. But this time I want my potential reach between 10 million and 200 million because the more money you spend, the more money Facebook can go through in terms of the audience. So if you're spending more, it'll go through the audience a lot quicker. That's why you need to make the audience a lot bigger. So you're allowing Facebook to basically accumulate for that extra budget that you're giving them. Uh, it's interesting. So for people that are thinking about doing CBO testing, you'd say go for it. Because a lot of people are saying... Yeah, you know, dude, like, like CBO testing, like on some ad accounts, it absolutely crushes it. And then on some ad accounts, it just flops. So that's why I said to you at the start, test ABO and CBO and see which works better. If the ABO works better, do ABO testing. If CBO works better, do CBO testing. But what I will say as a must, you can't scale any better with a CBO. If you're doing increasing on budget, ABO don't work, dude. Like Only duplication works in ABO. If you want to scale with budgets, CBO every day. If you're spending more than $200 a day, it has to be a CBO, bro. I see. That's interesting because a lot of people are like scared to test on CBO a little bit, but you're saying test it out. And you're saying about interest, you'd say keep it to one, limit the interest down. Yeah, one interest per ad set because if you put more than one interest in that ad set, when you want to break that audience down, it's going to be really hard because you've got multiple interests in that ad set and that can affect with the data that you're trying to collect. So if you've got one interest, at least you know all that data is coming from that one interest. Okay, that's great. The next thing that I think a lot of people are going to be focused on now is the fourth quarter strategy. And yeah. you laid out this fourth quarter strategy and I really liked it. You were talking about start with the general store and then go to the niche store and then go to the one product store. Or no, maybe I'm in a mistake there. No, dude. So what I do with quarter four and just a heads up, I'm releasing a four and a half hour free course about quarter four this Saturday, dude. So that's going to go into everything about quarter four for people. Oh, yeah. You had a free course over for like four or five hours. Yeah, so the Shopify dropship, I've got a Shopify dropshipping normal free course for four hours and a half. And I'm releasing now this week another four and a half hour course just about quarter four because quarter four is its own like game and it's crazy, man. So for quarter four, I start with a general store and I call my store something like holidaydeals.com. That way it's generic and it covers Cyber Monday, Black Friday and Christmas. That way I can cover those three topics. And what I do is I test loads of products two to four products a week, very aggressively. And as soon as I find that winner, I plunk it into its one product store and I build a brand around it ASAP. So you skip the niche store. You just go right to one product. Dude, right into one product. And then when I scale the hell out of that one product store, then I turn that into a niche store. Ah, interesting. That's and then when I scale the hell out of that niche store, I start that niche store on Shopify Exchange or Flipper. Great. That's really interesting stuff. We'll get into the end here. I don't want to take too much of your time, but in terms of the strategy, because I also noticed that you were talking about Ecom Hunt. And you had kind of some strategy where you find old products on Ecom Hunt and you like... Uh, Ecom Hunt has the best strategy for this method. And I honestly, Ecom Hunt has found me so many winning products just with this one strategy, dude. And I found out about it a couple of years ago and I can't emphasize how good it is. So what you do is you go to Ecom Hunt, you go to the last page and those products were from three years ago. And what you do is you just search for the name of the product in Google Trends and you do multiple comparison search terms. And if they're all trending, then do test that product because the amount of old winners that you can turn into existing winners is unreal, dude. Like, honestly, it's mind-blowing. Like, look at those pet grooming gloves. You know the ones that collect the pet yeah. hair? Yeah. They were a winning product from years ago. Yet, last year, I know somebody that did seven figures with it, dude. So that's what I'm saying. You just got to go on to e-commerce, go to the last page, work your way back to page one, search for those names of the products in Google Trends, with multiple search terms. If they're trending and they're looking good, dude, go for it. Okay, here's the last subject I want to get with you, but we've really got a lot of value into this one. 
You talked about Google in one of your videos. Might have mm. been a little longer ago, but it was interesting because not many people are talking about Google with job shipping. Mm. And there you were talking about products, I think, between $20 and $80 and trying to get on the first page of Google Ads. So on your stores, are you usually getting in Google or are you waiting for that winner product and then you incorporate? So, dude, you know what? My strategy's kind of changed a little bit. I'm doing YouTube ads now, which is obviously still Google. It's, it's a video placement for Google, but I'm finding YouTube ads, the ROAS and the return on investment is insane. And me and other gurus like Ricky Hayes are using YouTube ads a lot. And we're doing some crazy things. Ricky Hayes is definitely doing better than me with the YouTube ads, but it's insane, dude. That's great. Well, thanks for your time. This was a great interview. Maybe we can do another one. Make sure, Ecom Hunt viewers, that you take a check of Kamil's channel. It's going to be linked below. And you check out his free course that he ran recently, over four and a half hours, or almost five hours. And he's got that new course coming out about quarter four. So make sure you check that out. Thanks.